Welcome to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Proudly brought to you by Cheese Links, bringing cheese and yogurt making to your kitchen. Cheeselinks.com.au Hi everyone, welcome to another edition of Food Bites with Sarah Patterson, with thanks to our very good friends, proudly sponsored by Cheese Links. Kevin, you're looking warm and toasty in your Fight MND beanie. I do Suits have, you that I blue. I do have my Fight MND beanie on, and I did purchase it. I didn't just get it as a freebie. No. I, I bought it because uh, it's a great cause run by one of the greatest Australians I've ever met in Neil Danaher. And uh, yeah, if you you can, if you're in Coles or Bunnings or wherever they're selling them or online, get one. Yes, do what you can to warm up. Personally, I'll whack an Audi on. Yeah, that's the one piece. (laughs) That's the one piece ensemble that uh, is taking suburbia by storm. It is an ensemble. It belongs on the runways of Paris. Did that have uh, more of a kick during COVID because we're all locked down and we all just, we we, mm. we sort of started to eat and we put on weight and we thought, well, uh, no one will notice if I've got this on. Yeah. Do you remember ages ago? Do you remember COVID? Um, uh, a, um, an outfit called, I think it was the Snuggie, which was basically, it basically was just like wearing a sleeping bag, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember them. Yeah, no, I do. <laughs> or you look like a monk or... <laughs> Somebody in robes. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, we're, we're sort of, uh, we're dressing now to accommodate yes. what's underneath. Yeah, but more, we digress. More so than ever before. But you know what? Cheese is a health food. It's of course. Good. It's full good. of calcium. It's good for Great you. Great for bone density. It's terrific for it's you. It's very easy to make. And it's easy to make. It's so easy to make. You can just go and talk to Janet now at 52821984 or cheeselinks.com. Or all the social media platforms because Cheese Links is on them all and why wouldn't you be? Yeah, and Janet can sort you out with the equipment you need to get started on your cheesemaking Absolutely. And the one thing you need more than anything else is the desire to do it. Yeah. To have a crack because once you've got that... Oh, you'll just be Once you've had a crack, you'll never go... You'll Well, you will go go back. back. (laughs) (laughs) Is that right? (laughs) No, that's not how that saying goes, but never mind. 52821984, that is the number, (laughs) cheeselinks.com.au. Our equally tallest guest Mm, ever this week. Seven foot something? Seven foot. Mm. Seven foot, 213 centimetres. Uh, he weighs slightly more than our other seven-foot guest, who is Chris Anstey, <laughs> but he plays the same sport. And they both were stars in the NBA. But this man... Superstar. Uh, uh, he, he got a championship ring. Uh, he uh, He's done it all. He's uh, uh, come back to Australia and is uh, settling back into life in Australia and uh, has his own podcast and all sorts of things going on. So we're going to talk to him about all that and the Olympic Games. Uh, this, though, was uh, a chat we had to him before Ben Simmons pulled out of the Australian Olympic uh, basketball team. But he is a beauty and he's got a lot to say and he, he fancies himself in the kitchen. <laughs> Are you going to say who it is? Hadn't I mentioned his name? No, you hadn't. Mr. Nobody. Oh. <laughs> Blimey. <laughs> see, how, see how brave and game I am when the seven-foot person isn't in the room uh, or isn't on the, uh, isn't on the line? The suspense is killing it. everybody. Andrew Bogut. Andrew Bogart is our star. Uh, he's uh, he's our starting centre man, and uh, we're going to talk to him right now here on Food Bites with Sarah Patterson, who's hardly said a word. <laughs> you are listening to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier, brought to you by Cheese Links, bringing cheese and yogurt making to your kitchen. Cheeselinks.com.au. Alia Bogart throws it down. Perfect. Point pass from Curry. Bounce pass to Thompson. Blocked by Bogut. His third already. Bogut with the right-handed hammer. The roll. The extra feed. And Bogut. A foreign facial. 
Hey, thanks for doing this. Not only are you a, a basketball superstar, but I'm, I'm led to believe that uh, COVID has turned you into a kitchen superstar. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say superstar. That's a bit of a stretch, but yeah, no, getting there, getting there, just trying different things and it's been kind of fun to, to actually have a chance to do it. I mean, lockdown has been one of our life's great levellers, hasn't it, um, Andrew? So what impact uh, did it have on you personally and how did it get you into the kitchen? Um, well, yeah, impacts are hard. We've got two young kids, so that's the biggest impact is, you know, not being able to do kind of what they've been doing daily, getting out and about it at times when there is lockdowns. But, I mean, we've been pretty lucky. We've been out of Victoria for the most part, um, so that's a, a positive. But um, it just at, at the start of it, try to – after a couple of weeks of it, it was like, well, we might as well try to make this into somewhat a positive and, and try to do some things that I haven't had a chance to do ever really. Um, and that was that was how I kind of started doing a bit more cooking. So you're drawn to the pasta sauces. I, I saw your interview with Megan Hustwaite and you were saying you were making your own pasta sauces from, from scratch virtually. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I mean, my whole career as a professional athlete, I love I've always loved pasta my whole life. I'm a big fan of Italian food and, um, yeah, just a bunch of different sauces I wanted to try. I did it, we figured out a six or seven hour slow cook um, bolognese. Um, I'm a big fan of penne ala vodka, so the ala vodka sauce, uh, pink sauce. So trying that out and then, and then putting little quirks in to try different things, um, you know, different types of creams and, and all that kind of stuff. Just adding, adding something different in the recipe says um, with every different cook just to try and try and change flavours a little bit. What kind of level of satisfaction does that give you actually making these uh, these sauces yourself? Um, it's good. I mean, I just, yeah, like I said, I always, I've always wanted to do it and, and just never had the time. As a professional athlete, it's kind of you get your meal in as quickly as possible because you're on to the next thing, whether it's a nap, whether it's a massage, whether it's an ice bath, whether it's a game or training. So there was never really time to cook, really. It was always quick and easy stuff. And to be able to actually just spend the time, I think the biggest thing is making mistakes along the way. That's, I think, with with all things in life, you know, really emphatically with cooking, it's, it's even worse. you got to make mistakes and, and learn from those things. And sometimes I've cooked many dishes and, Done plenty of, especially with the roasts and stuff like that, where you know you've done. I've done slow cooks before for five, six, seven hours and totally screwed them up. So that's <laughs> that can be um, really frustrating when you want to, you know, pick the whole thing up and you have to throw it in the bin. <laughs> it's not great, but yeah, no, I've, I've really, really enjoyed it so far. Are you about uh, presentation, Andrew, or is it more like a rustic sort of throw together? And it's more about the flavour. I'm all about the flavour. I mean, I've, I've come to learn that you know, look, you want it to make to be somewhat appealing if you had a restaurant but if I'm cooking it for myself I'm not really too worried I mean I posted a few photos before and, and copped some some crap because it wasn't presented mm. like it should be for all these Instagram people you know that want it with filters and mm. have it all perfectly you know perfect lighting and, and texture in the photo like I don't care about that um, I, I want it to, to look decent but as long as the taste is, is a 10 out of 10 that's what I'm worried about Are you a fussy eater Andrew? Um, I, I wouldn't say I'm Fussy as far as what I eat and what I don't eat, I, I am particular though. Like I, I love, you know, I'm one of those guys. Unfortunately, on on a menu that would be like add this, take this away, um, but not to the point where I absolutely won't eat it if they can't. Like some sometimes you're, you're in restaurants where they're like, we can't change it. That's fine, I'll still have it, but I, I kind of know what I like, and I'll, I'll always try to add. And I'm a big fan of onions, so mm. I put onions on on almost absolutely everything, sandwich wise and whatnot. So that's one thing that I always do. 
<laughs> and you said you you love your uh, your pastor, obviously. Um, you know your carb loading, which I guess you do a lot of as an elite level um, athlete. But is it harder as you get older? I know it is um, for me personally. You know, having a big bowl of pasta and uh, not feeling a little bit, uh, I don't know, slightly bloated afterwards. Yeah, I think it's just portion size mainly. Um, one thing I've noticed in my diet is processed sugar is obviously a big no no um, for me. You know, the, the more you have of that. Especially, you know, post post athletic career, that's what affects me more than than carbs. I think carbs, you know, get a bad rap for the most part. I think if you have your odd carbs every now and then, or you pass a dish, I think you're okay. It's, I think it's more processed sugar. So, you know, soft drinks and chocolates mm-hmm. and candies and all that kind of stuff. If, you, if you're having too much of that, I think it, that's way worse than than an odd bowl of pasta. So I'm I'm okay with it, and I don't I don't mind doing it. And then obviously portion, you know, you have it. Having a kilo of pasta by yourself, yeah, of course, um, <laughs> you're going to be in some trouble. But like in everything, you know, you have it a little bit at a time, and you don't you don't overdo it. You'll be okay. Yeah, everything in moderation. You, you touched on sugar and processed uh, sugar there, Andrew, and it is hidden in an awful lot of things that we uh, we buy. But it was um, sort of widely reported that um, I believe you saw a, a documentary about the, the the perils of sugar in the diet, and and decided to cut it out of your own diet. Yeah, it was a number of years ago, actually. I think it was was it called Sugar is the New Fat or something along, something along those those lines. Um, and just was surprised by like exactly what you said. I, I started being that guy that, that reads reads the packaging and the labels. Um, and I just thought, let me just get off sugar for for you know a month or two and just see how I feel. And that week was like coming off a, a drug addiction. Um, it was you know I was getting by about three thirty four o'clock in the Arvo, I felt like I need to go to bed for the first three or four days. Mm-hmm. So I basically went cold turkey. I just cut, I cut out sugar completely. So I, I, the first week I had no sugar, so no fruit, no nothing, um, even even natural sugars. And I was, I was the first three days were hell, like getting headaches mm-hmm. and kind of just, just felt weird. And then that fourth, fifth day started to get better and then I never really looked back. And like I have processed sugar now, but I, I, I generally keep it under the, the daily recommended max, which is, I believe it's still 45 grams or basically eight or nine teaspoons. Um, but that, that goes quickly when you start reading labels. Like it's in, it's in some of the most random stuff you'd never, you'd never even think it's in. <laughs> it's just <laughs> like, so yeah, but basically I think a, a half a liter of, of Coke, a 500 ml, 600 ml bottle is I think just above your daily intake, which is just nuts. Wow. And oh God, it sounds like you went through a, through hell in terms of the withdrawal process. Were you a sweet tooth before that? Um, yeah, I, I didn't overdo it, but I always finish a meal with a, a piece of chocolate or, you know, a bit of ice cream or something like that. So it was more of that. And, um, yeah, I think that just all adds up in every, every meal you have something sweet and then all of a sudden you're having too much sugar. And, um, yeah, I think like you said earlier, everything, everything in moderation is fine. Um, but I think once you start overdoing it a little bit, it's going to cut it back. What about coffee? Andrew, are you a coffee uh, person or a tea drinker? Uh, a bit of both. Um, tea usually at night. Um, my wife's my wife's big into tea, and then yeah, I'm, a, I'm huge into coffee. Obviously, being from from Melbourne, um, but yeah, I've always loved my coffee, and I, I do my own my own grind every morning. And um, yeah, usually have pretty pretty religious on two a day. So one one when I first wake up, and then one after lunch. It's funny, um, Andrew. Every person we've had on this podcast who spent time in the US or oh, lives yeah. in the US say that the coffee over there is just beyond terrible. Is that your experience? Very, very hard to find a good cup of coffee. Um, Starbucks for me is not great, but when we go on the road, especially uh, to, to rural towns, Oklahoma City and towns in the Midwest, there's not 
not a lot of good cafe places, so Starbucks was your only choice, and that's kind of you pinch your nose and you just shoot it down like a shot of vodka, and <laughs> that's kind of what you have to go through. But I, I ended up, that's the main reason why I got my own machine and started grinding myself. I found a few good spots to find good fresh whole beans that would get delivered to my house, and then I'd grind it myself. So at home, I, I figured it out. Um, on the road, was a little bit harder. So the internet helps, but like I said, some cities, you just the only choice you have is a, is a local Starbucks. How did you find American food in general? Did you like American food? I think they, they do some things better than us. I think steakhouses over there, they do a really good job of. Like they have a lot of steakhouses. The, the whole steakhouse experience over there is really good, I believe, and affordable for the most part. We're in Australia. I think it's, it's still a, a heavy luxury to go to a steakhouse. Um, but, yeah, portion sizes are massive, so you gotta, you just got to be really careful. Um, you know, if you're if you're just an everyday Joe going, going over there for a holiday, like I have a lot of friends that come out and during the season and they'll be like, holy crap, I've put on five kilos in the week I've been here, you know, and, and that's, that's where it gets you because everything is just big over there and portion sizes and, and they come and refill your drink 50 times while you're eating. So, yeah, you just got to be real careful because it can sneak up on you. Uh, when you talk about portion sizes, let's get this in perspective. You're seven foot tall, so are your portion sizes bigger than what a portion size of a five foot, you know, uh, sort of uh, uh, point guard would be? Yeah, a little bit. Look, I, I definitely, especially early on in mid career, would would be you know smashing down you know two or three serves or whatever I was eating. But as you get older, um, and that that turns into a little bit more on the skin folds and the body fat percentage, you got to kind of tone it back a little bit. But yeah. um, you know, when you're young and dumb and running around like crazy, you kind of you kind of burn it all off. But as you get older, the metabolism, I notice, starts to slow down and all that kind of stuff. And then you got to you got to really watch that you're not not eating those same amounts anymore. The post uh, basketball career, I mean, you've you've got into to media and uh, into property and uh, all sorts of things. I know you you love a game of poker as well. Um, uh, tell us about the podcast, Rogue Bogues, because it's a uh, it, it it's an interesting listen. Uh, it, it's very raw. <laughs> It is very raw, and that's what we wanted to do. We wanted to have something that was not um, kind of media orchestrated, and we don't have a boss sitting over our shoulder saying, you can't say this or you can't say that. So we try to tell, you know, there's different facets of the podcast. Um, so there's weekly basketball show that we just talk about basketball um, with a guy named Mike Procopio, who was a guy I met as an assistant coach in the States, and that's one we do. Another one I do solo is My Journey, so I try to do a uh, – what a biography in a book would be like, but via podcast. So it starts from childhood and then every episode kind of in chronological order goes, it'll, it'll finish with me retiring eventually. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, there's a there's also a car chat. A friend of mine passionate about muscle cars. We do a, a chat once, once a month about what's going on in the world of muscle cars. And then just started a conversation series, which I'd hoped would have got, gotten up and running a bit better, but with COVID, um, it's basically one-on-one interview with, with just interesting, unique people who have unique stories. Um, but COVID's kind of thrown that out of the mix because I like to I like to do those in person just because they're um, you know a bit more formal. Yeah, it's uh, it's only a couple of weeks till the uh, Tokyo Olympics actually will happen. Uh, it was going to be kind of your the end of your career, wasn't it? It's going to be the full stop on the end of your basketball career, but it didn't work out that way because of COVID. Um, are you feeling pangs of of not being able to be there because of uh, you know the retirement and COVID? Yeah, look a little bit. Um, that, the plan for me was always I pushed my chips to the middle of the table back in I think 2018, 19 when I signed to Australia. Played two seasons in the NBL, a little bit less games in the NBA, and then and then get me to the Olympics in, in relative decent form body wise. My body was starting to break down, was getting older, and then that all got that all got taken away when they postponed it. And 
my last season professionally was was tough. Uh, my body was knocking on the door and saying, are you almost done? Are you almost done? Are you almost done? And um, I thought, you know, our season ended in March in 2020. I thought, yep, yeah, no worries. I've got another three months of, of training, then get to the Olympics and then sail off into, into the sunset. And it just wasn't meant to be. I just couldn't, I couldn't hold on for another year to have to play professionally somewhere else to stay in shape for 2021. And, and that's why I called it. So disappointing, but I think once the game starts, you get a little bit of that butterfly feeling of like, Maybe I should have went on and maybe I should have played another year, but I think the body has, has definitely thanked me for it. I'm, I'm finally starting to feel pretty good on a daily basis where I'm not I'm not kind of getting out of out of bed and, and walking on walking on needles as they'd say. Yeah, when uh, when hopefully uh, the uh, men's basketball team is on the podium, getting a medal of some colour description, uh, how will you feel then? I'll be proud. Look, you, there is that feeling of I wish I was part of it, but at the same time been with that group knowing what we've built I was a part of that journey to get those guys and, and our team culturally and and everything going on there so I, I still feel a part of it and oh, yeah. I, I think um, you know we, we've never medaled at an Olympic Games we finished fourth I think three times which is ridiculous in itself um, one, one spot away from a medal so for them to be able to do that and make history would be a you know be a very proud moment. Andrew you were talking just before about uh, podcasting media life doing interviews being interviewed so you've obviously had a lot of experience with um, the media is that a place you feel comfortable being on camera um, being interviewed or interviewing people is that something you want to pursue? Um, look, it wasn't always the case. Early on in my career, I kind of struggled with it and, and just, just navigating, you know, let's be honest, there's some media out there that are out to get you. There's some that aren't. That aren't. There's some clickbaiters. There's people that'll take a, a five-minute um, answer you give to a question and cut one sentence out and then put it in a headline, you know. So that was the hardest thing was navigating that. And, and I'm, a, I'm a pretty – I like to think I'm a pretty honest guy that will answer a question honestly and – at times, you can't do that. <laughs> you know, um, yeah. you have to kind of have to kind of be smart with how you answer things because you know you, you'll you'll then cause problems within your team or, or a coach or whatever it is. So, I um, all, all, it wasn't always the case. I've definitely gotten better with it, and now I enjoy it. I think um, I think people enjoy talking to me on a, on a podcast, one on one Q and A type thing, just because it's it's pretty raw and honest, and and that's why I like podcasts. It's not a it's not a five minute interview or an interview for a newspaper article. It's it's a long form, and, and if your answer takes fifteen minutes to, to tell, um, then then so be it. And I think that's the beauty of, of long of long form chats. Yeah. Does that has that made you angry though, um, Andrew? Because I'm sure you're not the only high profile sporting person who that's happened to. You've been taken out of context, and it seems to happen a lot. Does it make you angry? Um, I think early on it did. Early on, it was kind of like, well, you know, that's not exactly what I meant by that, or you've you've kind of left a big portion of what I said out which then, you know, gives a whole different context to the answer that I have given. But you soon figure that that's just part of the landscape of, of how some media operate, and that's the unfortunate reality of, of that industry. So the way I've always navigated it is, you know, if that, if that happened to me, that, that journalist would go into a, into a little black book that I've got, and I would never talk to him again. So that's, that's all I can do to really control that. Um, but on the flip side, there's a lot of good people as well. So mm. there's a lot, of, a lot of good people in the media that, that do the right thing and, 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 and want to do right by you and, and tell your story in the, in the right way and the right lens. The ones you got to worry about is the journalists that are trying to, they're either really small and trying to make a name for themselves with something big or their, their kind of, their niche is to do 
stuff that's kind of bordering the line of, of, of truth. And, and, and look, we do some we do research before we do interviews with with anyone, so you can kind of tell historically by by work they've done. But that's just yeah, it's, to cut the answer short, that's just the landscape you have to deal with. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Hey, Andrew, if you're having a dinner party at your place, so no no COVID restrictions, no budgetary restrictions, you could just invite anybody you want, dead or alive. Who would you have at your table? Who would you want? Oh, who would I want? <laughs> That's a tough past, question. Past tonight. <laughs> yeah. Past tonight. Past tonight um, at the Bogut Residence. Who, who gets a Guernsey? Oh, I'd be probably looking for some sort of chef that could cook for me, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, um, maybe maybe uh, Keller, Thomas Keller, maybe um, get a good chef and just get him in the kitchen. So we wouldn't we wouldn't, wouldn't really enjoy our company. I just I just put the feet up and let him cook for me. I reckon. Fair enough. <laughs> Perfect. Fair enough. Who uh, who do you keep in touch with the people you played with over the years? Because I mean, you, you obviously through college and uh, and through the NBL and NBA franchises that you played with, uh, you played with a lot of people. Yeah, I still do. I mean, the, the beauty of um, technology these days it's just a, someone's always a text message away or a phone call away so I keep in touch with a fair few guys just texted one guy this morning funnily enough an ex-teammate of mine David Lee just had a baby um, so yeah just just flicked him a text and heard back which was great and yeah there's, there's a bunch of guys I keep in touch with from the NBA and then you know Joe Ingles and I are pretty close and text back and forth almost daily so with the Australian national team so yeah there's a bunch of guys I still keep in touch with and it's, yeah, it's pretty easy to do these days with, with, with phones and the technology that we have. Yep, beautiful. Um, usually to wrap up, um, Andrew, we ask our guests if they have a, a kitchen or a cooking tip to share. Do you have one? Yeah, I think my cooking tip is, like I said earlier, don't be afraid to make mistakes. You know, that's the only way you can learn um, on how to correct things. And the other, the other tip I'd give is everything is on YouTube. Um, <laughs> so when it, when it comes to cooking, if you, something, you can't remember something or – you're like, oh, how long do I cook this for or how do I marinate this or whatever, jump on YouTube. I guarantee you there'll be a video of it and I've learned I've learned so much from I've learned more from YouTube than cookbooks. So I think that's a big a big great tool to have when when it comes to cooking. Oh, I love it. That's excellent. <laughs> excellent. Andrew, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Good luck for the future with all the podcasts and uh, and that you do. And hopefully we are watching the Australians win a a, a medal uh, at the Olympic Games this time around. Thank Thanks for you. your time. But- Let's hope so. Thank you very much. Thanks. You are listening to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier, brought to you by Cheese Links, bringing cheese and yogurt making to your kitchen. Cheeselinks.com.au. Andrew Bogut, Andrew Bogut, Andrew Bogut. <laughs> you said it three times in quick go. succession. It's like, it's like Beetlejuice. Terrific guest. Yeah, good man. Yeah, yeah and gave us a little bit of the inside running on, uh, well, Tokyo, how he's going to feel uh, about not being there and... Uh, it's interesting to find out how um, lockdown has affected uh, people variously in, in different ways. And so many who've been on this show have found their way into the kitchen and are just uh, really relishing the chance to uh, to make things from scratch. In Andrew's case, the uh, the pasta sauce. Well, well, given that given that the kitchen is the centre of the family universe, yeah. it's, it's actually it's worked out it's worked out well in some ways for a lot of people. It's kind of the one. heart of the home, isn't it? Once once you get over the kind of yeah, you can't go twenty five kilometres and all that sort of stuff. If you actually take the good parts out of it. There are some good things that have come and out of it. Speaking of pasta, well, oh. the Friday food poll is a beauty. You reckon? Carbs on carbs. I've never well, seen anything more unappetising looking that you've ever posted. I'd give I it a crack. 
I love mac cheese and I love pizza. I don't know if I'd really go for them together. I know I'd bloat up like a balloon, sure. but I'd be worth trying. Anyway, let's see what everybody let's else go thinks. To the poll. Sue Hosking says, uh, I would definitely try it. Uh, it would probably be nice, but I don't think dough and pasta would be something that you'd go back for again. Yep. Uh, Michelle Smith. Um, it sounds okay, especially if it was homemade mac and cheese. I've had uh, mac and cheese parma before. Yeah, that's a good uh, idea. Okay. Silvana, not tried it, but it sounds okay. Rachel, nay. Sue, no thanks. And Peacock, agree with you, Kevin Hillier. But uh, I finally had a four cheese pizza and that was delicious. Stuart says I'd give it a go. Shane Delia, who we had on just the other week. This is a joke. Yes. And there was six vomit emojis <laughs> I think many after agree. that. Uh, now, Tony says, as they say in Ghostbusters, don't cross the streams. <laughs> good point. So it's a big no from me. He said it's a bit like when they put uh, a meat pies and Vegemite together. Oh, yeah. No, bloody awful. Uh, Eddie Olick said, look, it's not about the way it looks. It was some reply to a tweet I, mm. I posted. He said it's more about the taste. I think it's a bit of both. Colin Vickery says no, less is more when it comes to pizza toppings. Yeah. Lena Mercedes says no. <laughs> and uh, Glenn Rodder says, look, a big nay, Pato, because you can't have two lots of carbs on a pizza. Three out of the four people at the coffee shop I'm at, <laughs> I'm at right now agree with me. Sheree Dodson, I... Uh- Mm, I have not tried it as a combo, but I'm willing to give it a try. Karen Young says, that would be a no. Wendy says, yummo. Terry Daniel from 2DD says, well, that carb combo would blow the blood sugar levels off the Richter scale, but I would give it a taste test once. And finally, Wayne writes. Wayne writes. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm not even going to mince my words here. The Wayno Cannon of Food Righteousness. <laughs> I I can see that on a T-shirt with yeah. a cannon, with a cannon that's kind of like it's got to be some sort of uh, like a you know, potato thing. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, but anyway, the Wayno Cannon of Food Righteousness is primed and loaded at this monstrosity. This is just a stodden-laden artillery blocking. blocking <laughs> I'll do that again. This is just a stodge-laden, uh, artery-blocking cow pat of misery. <laughs> a cow pat of misery. I can see that on mug. a T-shirt. Um, it is so vile it would not even make it to the table in a Turkish prison <laughs> or even, you know, the governor then would deem it too cruel to serve anything this horrendous to the inmates. The only people that would even consider eating this would have the body mass index of a hippo, would accept losing a foot to diabetes as... Just one of those things. And probably have been on TV more than once because they could describe what the tornado sounded like. <laughs> I ate a lot of both these things in my impoverished communal living youth, but merging them is a union even more unlikely than Ben Affleck and the role of Batman. <laughs> Plus, the pizza base would just soak up all that mushy goop mm. and fall apart quicker than the North Melbourne backline. <laughs> so you have been reduced to eating it with a spoon. Oh. Pizza and spoons should never be <clears throat> paired together. Good point. Avoid this disc of culinary Satanism <laughs> as it is a crime against humanity. <laughs> no. Oh, I love it, Wayne. The cow pat of misery. The artery-blocking cow pat of misery, I'll have <laughs> you know. The stodge-laden artery-blocking oh, cow pat. We need to go into a line of T-shirts as well as coffee mugs, yes, Kevin. It's so. going to happen. The no's have it. Yeah. No one's eaten that the, with the, who has half a brain. Well, I might. <clears throat> the defence rests. <laughs> Kevin.
I picked my moment. 52821984. That's Janet's number, cheeselinks.com.au. Mm. 03 if you're outside Melbourne. Hey, next week, slow cookers. Yeah. And the man who is, you're seeing him on your screen, he's just started to pop up with the Tour de France Guillaume. coverage. Guillaume is going to join us as well. Mm. The great chef. Uh, with some some absolute beauty. So we've got uh, the slow cooking queen of Australia mm. and Guillaume mm. joining us oh, on the what next. What could you months. want? You don't want anything else. Mm. Just a uh, just a mac and cheese pizza. Oh, what a nice way to finish. Not. <laughs> okay. Bye, everyone. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Food Bites. Check out our Facebook page and Twitter for recipes, tips, and all the latest news. That's Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Brought to you by Cheese Links, bringing cheese and yogurt making to your kitchen. All you need to know at cheeselinks.com.au.